and welcome to our podcast about living on the Lewy Body Roller Coaster, a podcast for Lewy Body dementia patients and their families presented by Lewy Body patients and their families. You will hear firsthand the ups and downs and twists and turns of Lewy Body dementia from families directly affected. We'll share our support and experiences on all things Lewy Body. We're your hosts, Linda and Curry. I have a loved one with Lewy Body dementia. And I am living with Lewy Body Dementia. Let's get started. Welcome back, podcast family. Yeah, welcome back, y'all. As we keep saying, just another quick shout out to everybody for your continued support and patience as we do our best to get an episode off every week. Yeah. Also, I want to remind y'all that if you'd like to be a guest and share your story in hopes of helping others... Please contact Linda Zapula or myself through Facebook Messenger or our email, which is louisbodyrollercoaster at gmail.com. We'd love to have you on the podcast. Always, we post the Patreon and GoFundMe links in the episode notes. Yeah, and as a reminder, we're not giving medical advice. We're just sharing our open and honest feelings and thoughts as we live with Louis Body Dementia. Now, I want to give a shout out to some of our supporters. Uh, we've got Matthew and Miriam Garachi. Vicki Setterberg, Marcia Treffman, Bonnie and Randy Weber, and Tiffany, Hannah, and Susan, and Sam and Tracy. All right, so we asked Patty to come back this week uh, to share a little more about what she learned uh, as she's becoming a doula. So we left off last week um, talking about do not resuscitate orders. So. Well, Patty sent us some, some bullet points of what she wanted to share with us. You want to share with us how a doula specifically helps when during that final stage um, you, you, where you wrote slips into unresponsiveness and then you, yeah. you shared. So prior to someone who's living with a terminal illness, getting to that point Part of what a doula does is ensure that everybody is on the same page with um, the the person who is dying, their final wishes, right? What kind of service do they want? What kind of, what do they want to become of their remains? Do they want to be cremated? Do they want, here's something that was totally new to me before this, a green funeral. Right, and I see your face. What, what is that? <laughs> what the heck is yeah, that? Yeah, I've heard right? of that. Oh, I don't. I haven't. So, so there is no necessity for huge, expensive burial processes that the funeral industry tries to get us all to go into debt for. There is no requirement of using harsh chemicals and preserving the body of concrete lined caskets to slow down decay because we are all going to decay and a lot of like the formaldehyde is very dangerous to the environment um even the amount of for for people who are concerned with the ecology of our planet what is released through the process of cremation 
is very harmful to the environment. So there is a movement within this, this aspect of end of life that is promoting green, green burials. Many cemeteries will have a section that is for green burials. So it, it may be just a plain pine box that's going to decay in the ground along with you. It may be just being in a shroud, but it's uh, ways that where, where your body actually is helpful to the environment rather than harmful. Mm-hmm. You're going to become fertilizer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm going to say, I always knew you were full of... <laughs> <laughs> We're just gonna dig a hole and kick you in, Curry. But I want to. I want to say, um, and I think we. Sh- I shared this long, like a year or so ago. As my husband's parents had a cemetery, a human cemetery, and when Jim's dad passed away, we went to the funeral home that his dad had worked with, you know, before and course they're showing you all the fancy mahogany kind of caskets and and my husband said no where's the where's the uh where's the um uh i forget how he called it i'm gonna say the cheap ones and he's like no no because jim knew he because he you know he was around his parents and that so if you go to a funeral home uh, they really i find that they prey on your emotions like I, i so that's why it's good to. Oh, this one's got a better line, uh, better lining, and a better yeah. lock on it. Yeah, better seal. Lock. Oh, They'll yeah. be more comfortable laying in this yeah. one. <laughs> they, they yeah, but them. I'm saying like, let them do their spiel, and then and what my husband did is he's like, okay, now show me the one that. Um, yeah, it's a huge industry. Yeah, yeah. So and they do, they do play on your emotions. Yeah, and yeah. that's you know that's. That's that's their business, and I I can understand that, but that's why you should do it earlier. But I'm just throwing it out there to, um, just ask for the you know okay, where's the bottom? What where's the bottom dollar uh, casket? Because that's what we um, did for both of his parents and saved tens of thousands of dollars. Oh yeah, right. And this is you know what the funeral industry has become is unique to America. It's unique to America. Um, But so part of what a doula does is to make sure that everybody is on that same page, likes what that plan is, because end-of-life planning is more than just your advanced medical directives. And I had shared with the group at one point this handy-dandy $10 book from Amazon called My Final Wishes. And so it asks... it. It has you fill out, um, you know, there's a page for important people to call, a page for personal information, what to do at the time of death, right? Um, How someone would like to be remembered that goes to the legacy. Personal belongings, what do you want that disposition to be, right? What do you want, how do you want things to be distributed? advanced planning resources. Um, it just goes on and on. And it's a thin little book. It's 10 bucks. It's a good investment. It was one of our assigned purchases in this program. And as soon as I looked at it, I gave it to my mom. Can you give us the, 
Can you give us the name of it one more time? Yes, it's called My Final Wishes. Okay. <clears throat> There's no author. It is published by Threshold Care Circle. And it's a it's a white cover and it has a picture of three geese on it. Three geese flying. Find it and post it um in the in the groups. Or Yeah. Yeah. I posted it probably two or three months ago. Oh, okay. Well, but but it's a good thing. All right, to... so I'm going to pass the book if you want to post it again. Sure, I can do that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, um, all right. So, I want to. So, part of it is that that planning, and then part of it is planning for the death watch, right? The vigil. Mm -hmm. There is contrary to popular understanding. If you die at home, you don't have to call anybody right away so as doulas we encourage people to take as much time as they want for people to come and say their goodbyes before and after the death aren't they going to want to know the time though when that they passed you could you can track that time mm -hmm. so it is important to know that if you die with hospice then it really doesn't matter you tell them what time they passed but you don't even have to call hospital. The only reason you have to call is if you plan to donate your your body or as like with with us, the brain for research mm -hmm. because time does matter. Yeah, the, the, there has to be very limited opportunity for decay for that donation to be valuable. Right, but I think however, if if you die at home without hospice, then you have to call nine one one. Yeah. But I just from what Bonnie shared with us, um, she they hospice told her to call them and let them know because they're going to come out and they're going to provide mm -hmm. her more services and support. Yeah. So um, yeah, yeah. So that's what she she shared with us, and yeah. um, like she had the wherewithal to pick up her phone and you know look at the time and just in yeah. case they asked. Um, yeah. So you talked about assist with after-death care. Mm -hmm. You want to talk about that? So the doula can be part of that pre-death vigil and can be part of the aftercare as well. Can be with the family, like for instance, a doula would go into the room wherever your family member was and move away all the medical equipment and make, you know, the doula doesn't wash the body. Family members can, doesn't have to be funeral personnel. Um, and that sounds, you know, some people might think that's uncomfortable, but it's actually a very beautiful way of getting closure a final act of service to the person who was so meaningful in your life all those years um but after after that final bed bath <laughs> making the bed and making it making your family member look very peaceful um, putting soft lighting on and basically making it look as though it is just a peaceful place. Mm -hmm. So is that what you mean that, by in-home funeral? What is that? Um, funerals can actually be conducted at home. They don't have to be 
at the graveside. They don't have to be at the memorial chapel. Um, they can be anywhere. That you can have people come in. Again, there's a lot of variable. There's a lot of variables, right? Some cultures say bury with the next number of hours. For instance, in Judaism, it's burial within I think 48 hours. So families are going to be very mindful of that, and a doula should be trained to be aware of those cultural factors as well. But there again, it's it's going to take several days for someone to get, pardon the phrase, ripe enough to cause problems. That's what I was going to ask you. Like, I cannot wrap my mind around a loved one passing away and me just leaving them in the house and planning the funeral and leaving them in the house for days like that. I personally, that's not going to happen. And like, I would not be able to. I wouldn't be able to then, handle that. So I'm, I'm. Then you wouldn't choose that. Yeah. And that's okay. I've never heard that people can leave the body at home for as long as they want before. Is I, that I a doula thing? As long as you want. Right. But, but I mean, I mean, for you to have a funeral, you can't, you know, you can't have it within a, you know, you got to let everybody know they got to travel. I've just have never heard of, is that a doula thing? Just, no. Okay. Have you ever heard of that, Curry? I've never heard of an in-home funeral. Well, now, I have heard of in-home funerals. Okay. And so you're smarter than me today, is what you're saying. No, I'm just saying I've heard of it. <laughs> no. uh, Sorry, I'm very, you could tell, I'm just like. <sighs> I don't know whether Texas allows them, though, because Texas is pretty strict. Every uh, state is different. If, yeah. you, if you die at home, you have to wait on the medical examiner to come out. Yeah, same in New Jersey. They left a neighbor of ours. She she passed away one night in her sleep, and the granddaughter discovered her the next morning. And it was like six o'clock the, the next day before the medical examiner got out there and and uh, did his blessing. You know, it was I couldn't believe it took that long. But Texas is terrible about that. When my, my father passed away at like 3.30 in the morning on Valentine's Day, and it so happened that there was a freak ice storm. You know, this is back in Pennsylvania. And it was like 4 o'clock in the afternoon before anyone could get up the hill to pick him up. And I didn't know any of this stuff at that point either. So, you know, he did seem like the elephant in the room. But I will tell you, there was no odor. <laughs> and there was nothing. I mean, he just looked totally at peace. Mm -hmm. It just looked like he was sleeping. Um, so a lot of it, if you think about what my virtual background said when I first joined you guys, it said none of us knew what we didn't know until we learned it. And that's part of why I'm here today is to, you know, let people know a lot of things they may not have known before. Um, now, part of that final transition is that period of time where your loved one is non-responsive. Okay. I would suggest to you that they probably can hear everything going on. That's their one remaining sense that is active. They will know when you're coming and going. They may not respond back to you but 
please introduce yourself to them anytime you sit down to talk with them. Um, and that just because someone is in that non-responsive state, even if it's like three days, it doesn't mean that it is the final transition because some people do this as a practice run. There's the whole process of the body separate, the, the spirit separating from the body. I had a good friend whose body did that as a practice run. Yeah. And uh, it, it was, it was Bill. Mm -hmm. You know, he was, they, they said he was dying and he was unresponsive, wasn't eating, wasn't drinking. And then he, he bounced back and he, he even came back on a Zoom, mm -hmm. one of our Zoom meetings. Yep. Yeah. And then, then, then he passed away a couple of weeks later. Yeah. But yeah, he, so, was, he was down. Having those practice runs is not uncommon. Some people have, you know, several practice runs before it is their final transition. It's just part of that adjustment and transition of the spirit separating from the physical body. And that's part of why people stop eating and stop drinking. Because where the spirit is going, there is no need for food or fluids. They don't need it. Not eating, we would think of, of being very painful. I know, for instance, if I'm scheduled for surgery and it's not first thing in the morning, I am a super grouchy bear because I'm hungry and it hurts. <laughs> but at that point, it is not painful because their body does not need that food. Their digestive system has already started to shut down and will not process that food and even pushing fluids many families will be like well if you're not drinking we got to get some ivs going but your kidneys are also starting to shut down and when that happens if we're pushing fluids those fluids just leak out into all the tissues and cause edema or swelling which is painful mm -hmm. So if your loved one is not eating and not drinking, just roll with it. They're not suffering. <laughs> they are not suffering. Um, and, and with those practice runs, I mean, this just seems like maybe Louie is even messing with the transition, right? We shouldn't be surprised because we're used to Louie messing with things. Now I'm, I'm very curious when we have uh, the girl coming on next talk about hospice um yeah i'm gonna and we, we're gonna ask her about doulas and how that her organization and doulas work hand in hand because it, it just sounds like it's just another layer of support for, that's what it is for people that's what it is doulas can come and provide respite care i think it's a good thing we need to get the word out that they're available yeah yeah, doulas, I mean, even just that gift of time, right, of respite. Mm -hmm. I've, I've yet to meet a caregiver within our Louie family that, that would not be so blessed by respite. Yeah, doulas, I don't know any of them turn it down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm about to start a respite. What is today? The 18th of August. 2022 um but manny my friend manny is actually arriving in 18 minutes 
but I'm flying him down and he's going to stay with Jim and so I can, um, I got to fly to work on something for the special project we're doing. <laughs> I think we've mentioned it, right, Curry? Yeah, we have. Yeah, for, for the documentary, which I think we're nearing the end of recording. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll keep you guys updated on that. All right, so. I can't wait for that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I never expected to be like on film like that. I, I expected to be the one behind the camera and then it just turned out to be this um, big, uh, I just, I just know it's going to help so many people Yeah. on, on, the, on this journey. Um, so before we let you go, can you share one more time how to find a doula? Yes. Yes, so I can give you two websites to um, find a doula in your area. One is lifespandoulas.com, and doula is D-O-U-L-A. D-O-U-L-A-S? Mm-hmm. Lifespandoulas, one word, dot com, slash, and, you know, that they, what follows the dot com always has a hyphen between words, right? Um, so lifespandoulas.com slash end of life doula directory is one and the other is inelda.com slash find a doula yeah i'll try to remember to copy that and put them in the episode notes remind remind me of that curry i will <laughs> next, just copy and paste right. from the yeah, notes next week remind me like yeah. after the 25th <laughs> remind me I'm sure I'll remember it. <laughs> I, I can't even remember what I was doing before we started recording, let alone. <laughs> Patty, you can send me like, just a reminder. Because um, we'll, we'll put this episode, these two uh, back-to-back episodes with you out um, in middle of September, I guess. Because um, we have Bonnie, Bonnie's episode was two. We split it into two. So that's this week and next week. And then, okay. You see, I'm trying to figure stuff out in my own head. But anyway, I want to thank you for coming back on again and sharing all that. Um, my pleasure. Curry and I, before we did it, because we usually, just for listeners, we usually, I call it a script, but we just write out the questions on who's going to ask, you know, what, what we're curious about. And him and I purposely did not do any research on what a doula is because we wanted to hear from somebody going through the doula process to educate us and our um, listeners. And we did a good job, Curry, without a script. I think you did. I learned a lot today. Thank you, Patty. Yeah. You're very welcome. Yep. Thanks for coming on. And I think our listeners will will learn a lot when they hear this. Yeah. And before, um, Curry, you do your final spiel there, Patty is graciously volunteered to be the uh, spouse. No. Caregivers, Zoom moderator on Saturdays at six six Central. Yeah, yeah. Time. So funny. You know yeah. me so well that you saw my the wheel, the <laughs> hamster in my head going. What time zone am I in? Because I was I was going to say seven seven Eastern. So um, at, at spouses can attend that one too, or caregivers. Even though we have a spouses one earlier today, but caregivers of a parent or taking care of a sibling um, or a child, that's, we just thought it was important to have another group like that for, for that set of people. We, we have a strong core of three, all of whom are children. Oh. 
of the person living with Louie. But anyone is welcome. Spouses are welcome. Um, grandchildren are welcome. Whoever you are, if you are a care partner for someone living with Louie, you are welcome. Yeah. And I would say if you're not a spouse, that's yours is the one to go to because yeah. um, it's going to be people that are in your similar situation, like taking care of a parent, taking care of a sibling, taking care of a grandparent. Yeah. Um, we have a we have a mother in the group who's taking care of her son who has dementia. And uh, I thought she would have been to the meetings. I'll, I'll uh, touch base with her and see if I can't get her to go because she was talking yeah. about them. Mm -hmm. There's two, actually, two, two pe parents. So we'll have to reach out to them to let them know. If I can just encourage everybody as a final call to action to get that little booklet from Amazon because the greatest gift you can give to your family is to have all these answers in one place and and have them before it takes the stress away have them before yeah. you need them that's the biggest yes. thing i took away from what bonnie so bravely shared with us is don't wait until it's too late that everybody's playing catch up and you're trying to absorb they talked to her for four hours and she was like oh no she didn't hear any of that so uh yeah, do your research yeah, the, now. The advanced directives are important. And once you have gotten them notarized, then upload them to the state registry, whatever state you live in, and and then use the book for everything else. And and your family will appreciate it. <laughs> we, we just have to take them to the courthouse here and file them. But yeah, every, everything's different. But yeah, get them taken care of. Well, folks, that's all we have time for this week. Patty, I want to thank you very much for coming back on. Uh, like I said a while ago, I learned a lot from you today, and I really appreciate it. You're most welcome. Remember, you can email us with suggestions on what you'd like us to discuss on future episodes, or you can ask any questions you have, and we'll sure do our best to get you the best answer possible. And remember, my friend Kari is doing a really good job of posting the links to the podcast on both the Louie Body Rollercoaster Facebook page and the Our Journey with Louie page. And if you're interested in helping as a volunteer or an advocate, please send us an email at the Louie Body Rollercoaster dot at gmail dot com. Uh, and I always say the more people that reach out to help, the more people we can help. You bet you. And folks, if you want to learn how you can be a supporter of the podcast, please look down at the bottom at the episode notes as we post information on that there so okay folks thanks again for joining us today until next week this is linda and curry signing off mm -hmm.